Yes, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both high and low, rich and poor together. Do you indeed speak righteousness? Do you judge uprightly, all ye sons and daughters of men? And do you judge as others judge? For as you judge, you shall be judged. And if you condemn, you are condemned. Pass on. But there is no return. Yeah, boy. Welcome to Profession Confession, dogs. I'm your host, the relaxing and wild Gabe Noah. Uh, with me in spirit, not in body, is the black John Wayne Gacy, the white clown killer, the thriller, the illa, Tevin Pittman. Uh, he was here for the live stream. I'm recording this at a separate time. But we are back with uh, part two of the professional sexual submissive. So for anyone who's not familiar with these terms, um, this is a BDSM episode. That's probably not going to help you. But, you know, in the in the shows where they have whips and chains and leather masks and the ladies really mean to the guy, um, that's that's what we're talking about. This is a dungeon that anyone could walk in off the street and do this. And what was interesting to me about this initially is more her submissive stuff because you hear about professional doms a lot, but you don't hear about professional subs quite as often. And um, the fact that it was a commercial dungeon means that anyone could walk off the street and uh, rough her up. You know, part of her her job description was basically getting... Uh, I mean, whipped, slapped, punched, trampled, spit on, generally uh, mentally fucked with, um, sometimes some stuff with a dog. And she loved nearly every minute of it. So this is exactly the type of person that I really love talking to. Um, this perverted shit just fills me up, you know, and uh, I could talk about this shit all day. We do get to, she did some Dom stuff at the end, so we also cover that stuff as well. Um, we're live streaming as many of our episodes as we can now, so if you want to see the guests or ask them questions yourself, follow us on uh, Facebook or YouTube, and you can be part of it live when they pop up. Come on, don't make me ask all the weird shit. You guys can do some too. If you have a suggestion for a guest, please let us know. We're always open to that. Another quick note for context, if I seem off this episode, it's because I was um, perma-tripped by some tainted gas station CBD, and I was just baked. So there's a couple things that I asked questions that we'd covered the week before that I had to edit out. So there might be a couple minorly wonky edits. but And one last time, I just want to shout out our guest, the wonderfully masochistic Stephanie Parent. Um, she's no longer working at the dungeon. She has taken her bruised ass and gone back to the East Coast, her home in Baltimore, and she's pursuing uh, writing. And she's kicking ass. I mean, she's been published in places like Huffington Post, but she doesn't want you to read that one. But, you know, like she's she's doing really well trying to sell her first novel. And uh, it's not easy uh, to go from sex work money to writing money. So if you want to follow her on Twitter, it's at SC underscore parent. And you can find your Patreon through that. You can give a one-time donation. You can give a many-time. Whatever you like. Just be a soldier in the war on shame. Support your local pervert. Support artistic perverts particularly. 
be a good person. You're a voyeur, for Christ's sakes. You're listening to this show. You're a pervert. Let's help each other out. Enjoy the episode. What are the hack? Yeah. What are the hack moves in a in in um, a dungeon? Well, I mean, a lot of guys don't really know how to use the equipment, or don't even know how to spank properly. Like there are parts of <laughs> you don't the even body know how to that spank you <laughs> properly. Well, no, you no, really weakling. though, because there's all kinds of spots that if you're hitting, it, it can hurt you. Like if you hit up on the tailbone, that can really damage your bones. And then if you hit like the side of the hip, which a lot of guys like to do. Um, it's very painful and can leave very deep bruises and it just, it's just not good. So some guys will do that on purpose because they're sadists and they're mean, but most of them, if they do that, it's because they don't really know what they're doing. Um, so that's a big one. But then when you get to using the equipment, it's really like, like some of them don't know what the toys are at all. Like for instance, a right, you know what a riding prop is, right? Everybody knows yep. what a riding prop yep, is that's these a, days. Uh, but, like, some, pe- <laughs> some people will try to use the riding prop, but they'll try to use it like a cane. So they take the part that's like the stick part and they're trying to hit you with that part um, as if it's a cane. Right. And that's just that you cannot let somebody do that. I think I let somebody do that once or twice, even when I was really submissive and really masochistic and love pain, like you just cannot, cause it will just, it could probably scar you permanently. It's, it's not meant to be, it's very thick and, and heavy and it's not meant to be used that way. So they'll do things like that. Um, trying to think if there's anything funnier that they would no, do. No, 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 this um, is great. <laughs> don't, don't go that way. Cause I'm being quiet. I'm, I'm in, I'm listening. Yeah. What, what, um, yeah. Well, and, and I mean, just not knowing what's going to, you know, like, like if you have a really stingy whip with like very long, thin strands, then you might hit somebody with it. Not very hard, but if you hit them in a certain spots, like across the ribs, this would happen. And those thin strands kind of pull across the ribs, almost like claws, then it could just leave these really scary looking welts and really hurt and that's not as big a deal because it does fade quickly but it's kind of scary when it happens like i remember once i was doing a session with a guy and it was fine it was like a role play i think it was like a home invasion rape type scene but he was just like pretending to attack me and then he grabbed that plugger and he like whipped it across my front side like right below my boobs i don't even know what he was aiming at but i just screamed and like cried mercy my state state for it which i never do like and it was just instinctive i was just like mercy but then like two seconds later i was like why did i say that i totally overreacted but then he was saying oh my god i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and then i looked down and there were just these huge scary looking welts all along my ribs and it looked really bad but so- it went away it went away in a day it was just surface, just a surface reaction of the skin that happened. But he certainly did not, like, he wasn't even hitting me that hard. He didn't think that was going to happen. So what? that's an example of somebody not knowing how to use the toys, right? Why am I so turned on by that? Uh, it is, I mean, it is, I was a little turned on by what it too. What just happened there? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it can be. I don't, I don't know. The human brain is mysterious. Um, um, <laughs> I had a sketch idea. Tell me if you think this is funny because it's a real sketch idea. It is a uh, <laughs> a dom, and tell me if you think it's realistic in today's culture. Okay, that a dom gets sued for sexual harassment. Um, he told he told me I was me lower than details. a slave or whatever. Like <laughs> you're going to have to give me more details to I mean, know if it's realistic or not. Well, I'm talking purely about the psychological stuff. If we're actually going to indulge this, let's absolutely do that. Uh-huh. If you're okay. for psychological abuse, 
He was um, that man in the leather said <laughs> that I should eat garbage or whatever. Actually, I'm going to say, well, I don't think you could sue somebody for it, but I definitely think it could happen. It could totally happen. Like it, it, can, it can become psychological <laughs> abuse, but I just don't, I don't think you could sue somebody for it. But yeah, I think that you should try that joke. <laughs> I like it. Defamation of character. Yeah. And I just did it on the show there. So we'll see. <laughs> uh, on the show. Um, the, let's see. Does it ever get, uh, did you ever ask to be not paired with someone? Or like oh yeah, all the, all the time. That happens all the time. So we're, we're allowed to, you know, to turn down a session for any reason. And sometimes it's really simple. Actually, I was talking with one of my friends and telling her that I was doing this podcast and she was saying like, we were pretty tame sometimes. I remember one time a guy came in and he wanted to do nipple torture and literally nobody who was on the staff that day would do nipple torture. They were just like, all oh, like, nope, I don't want anybody touching my nipples. So he had to leave because nobody would see him. So yeah, anybody could say, um, could say no, but you know, you, especially when you're starting, you want to have clients. So if you say no to everybody, then there's really no point to you working there. And you kind of have to see people maybe two or three times before, you know, because another thing a lot of guys will do is they'll be really nice to you. Like the first time that they play with you and they'll be really respectful and not try to break any rules or hit Mm -hmm. you very hard. And then the second time, they'll start to push boundaries a little bit. And then the third time it will be even more. The other thing they'll do, which I think is really uh, kind of shitty is so we would have to do something called where we could extend a session. So a lot of guys would start with just a half hour session because you know, what if it's not going well and nobody, neither party wants to continue. But then as soon as the session ends, you could say, okay, let's play for another 15 minutes. Let's play for another 30 minutes. So the guy would come up and he would be super polite and respectful for those first 30 minutes. And then say, do you want to extend? And you would say, yeah. Okay. So, and then as soon as the extension started, he would start like grabbing your pussy or hitting you really hard or just whatever that he knew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just, um, just whatever. And then, you know, you'd already started the extra time. So you weren't going to be just like, nope, stopping the session. But actually we were allowed to, we were, we're not only were we allowed to not see someone, but we were allowed to completely stop the session in the middle of the session. Like that was supposed to be a last resort. I never did it. I, I don't think I even knew anybody who did it, but if a guy kept breaking the rules or breaking your boundaries or or, or something was wrong and unsafe and you asked him to stop and he didn't stop two or three times and you could just call the session and he would not get his money back. Would, so, you, would you have to, so you talked about boundaries there when they came yeah. in, did you have to like present and say, hi, yeah. I'm so, so we didn't even, we probably should have talked we, <laughs> we probably, we probably should have talked about this like in the first episode. Cause I For didn't sure. think about that. We didn't, that's we okay. didn't really explain like how the, no, that's okay. But we didn't really explain like how the process works. So there's always an interview. Um, so there's an interview room downstairs. So before you agree to do a session, even if it was set up ahead of time, you just always talk over with the person. And especially if they're new, we do go over the rules with them. Um, the problem is that we have actually have a lot of rules. So we really don't go over them all because some of them are, are things that hardly ever come up and we don't want to have, you know, a 15 minute interview. That's just like a downer. But for example, one of the rules would be, we don't do breath play. We don't do choking. 
but I would never have said that to a client unless they specifically asked for that. So, but what happened was because I never said that, um, because like, you know, I wouldn't say it unless somebody said, I want to choke you and nobody ever said that. But one guy I did play with one time, he just said like, I want to dominate you. Actually, he was into psychological humiliation. He was like, Mm -hmm. I just want to have a really intense session. And then we got up into the room and the first thing he did as soon as the session started was he grabbed me by the throat and started choking me like so hard that I couldn't even talk to tell him that that wasn't allowed. And also that I don't like it. So that was I was really just going to ask you if it turned you on. So it's not because it did. So it, it did not because I don't know why I think for one thing, this whole session was, it might've turned me on with somebody else because I am turned on by the idea yeah, of breath play and being again. choked, mm-hmm. but I'm not actually turned on by doing it. I'm not sure why I think I just don't like the feeling of holding my breath or not being able to breathe. Um, but with this guy, this was just a bad session. Nothing about this session turned me on. This was another example of a client who did not know what he was doing. I think he'd never done it before, but he was a really big, strong guy. So it was kind of scary because he also wanted to slap my face a lot, which is fine. I said that was fine. I liked doing that at the time, but he didn't know how to do that either. And he kept hitting my ear and that's really dangerous. You can actually damage somebody's eardrop. And so he was hit my ear like hard enough that it was ringing like two or three times. And then I had to say, nope. Don't, don't do that anymore. No more hitting my face. So that whole session was he would start do something and I would say, don't do that <laughs> anymore. That was how the whole session went because he was just, he just did not know what he was doing. And it was kind of scary. So how do people know how hard to spank and slap? Like they don't. Okay. And the funny thing, the funny thing is that some people, people think they're really hard and they're not. Mm-hmm. And then some people it's the opposite. Are there ever people, though, who just, well, I just assume the maximum slap I can do and just, you know, where they fucking belt you? Yeah, all the time. Really? And I mean, when I was when I was a really heavy submissive, like, that's what they call it. It doesn't mean fat. People oh, used yeah, to say that. that <laughs> yeah, but I used to say that sometimes when people were like, wait, you were heavy? You were fat? No, it means that you can take heavy, heavy. Um, and by the way, nothing. I'm, I'm totally fat positive. I don't mean that in a bad way, but um. Yeah. And there were heavier, there were heavier girls at the, at the um, dungeon too. But um, it just means that you take heavy toys and heavy, you're a heavy player. Like you could take a lot of paint. Um, so when I was a really heavy submissive, like somebody could hit me with their hands as hard as they could. And it really wouldn't feel like a lot to me, no matter That's- how hard they were hitting, because I was used to being hit with like the wood paddles really hard so or the chains really hard, <laughs> right. which is so much more, <laughs> Would- <laughs> more. Oh, but then ahead, when Devin. I got were... later, mm. oh, oh no, I was just going to say, I... what's, is there a time that stands out as like the hardest you've been hit? Like, have you been like closed fist punched during <laughs> one of these? Well, um, it wasn't the hardest I get, got hit, but I did get, I did let one person punch me and that was really stupid. I should not have done that. <laughs> I, if there's anybody who's submissive, any submissive woman listening to this podcast, do not let anybody do that to you. But I let gotta be hard this for guy punch, to say no. punch me in the stomach. Cause that was what he wanted to do. So I don't think he was, I hope he wasn't punching me as hard as he could. Cause, but he, it felt pretty hard. So he punched me in the stomach a bunch of times. That was the only time that I was ever punched. Did that turn you um, on? No, that didn't turn me on either. Some things about his session turned me on, but that not that in particular. What, what's um, the most, um, what is the most, damn it, damn it. Was I going to say, fuck, <laughs> I lost it. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll get it back. The most damaging, damaging, like to to my body, oh, or no? What what 
thing that turned you on most surprised uh, you? That most surprised me. Yeah. Was there ever uh, anything where you go like, oh, I'm not going to be turned on by getting slapped in the face. Oh, you know. And then you- uh, well, I was turned on by being slapped in the face. Right. I love being slapped in the face. But you know what? Actually, this is kind of a boring answer, but I would say spanking because before I started working at the dungeon, I did not think I was into spanking because I associated spanking with like being a little kid in and trouble. being punished. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I had to I actually never thing, been right? spanked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all, all of my fantasies were more about being like tied up and whipped. Um, like, have you ever seen this old movie called Belle du Jour? French movie. No, I've not. No, you should watch it. Um, it's, it's a surreal film. Mm-hmm. And it has a, it has a lot of BDSM in it, but it, it's um, it's really good. But it has these scenes of the of the woman getting whipped, um, so stuff like that was what I would imagine, or stuff like real, more kind of quote unquote real stuff, but like adult stuff. So for me, for, in my head, spanking was something that I thought was like for kids or for punishment. I just thought it sounded silly, um, but then as soon as I got to the dungeon and clients started doing it to me i i got it because it's such a power dynamic especially because a lot of times you're lying over the 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 person being spanked is lying over the lap of the person who's spanking them so you can't even see who's spanking you so you can almost kind of imagine it's anybody and it's just a very vulnerable position to be in and it it feels like mean but kind at the same time especially because a lot of times people will spank you and then they'll kind of rub your butt like soothe away the pain and then they'll spank you some more um so it's just this weird combination of like punishing somebody and taking care of them and there's something really erotic about it that i had no idea before i had experienced that what so that would be the thing so your first bank do you remember your first bank like what it was with and I do remember the first time I was spanked, but that was not that erotic (laughs) because it was, it was a session with another, it was like a double session. Um, Oh, so it was uh, a shuttlecock, whatever. Fucking I lost it. it. God damn it. (laughs) It was two. It was me and another woman who worked at the dungeon at a time at the time and a guy. And it should have been a really fun session, but I was just so nervous. Like I felt like I didn't belong there. I felt like, I was going to get laughed at. And the other woman in the session, she was just so beautiful and so confident. She was a switch. I was just too nervous to enjoy anything about that session. But I do remember getting spanked. And I remember like the, the male client, he had us do, this is a pretty common thing. Like he would have us compete with each other, like just fun, silly games. And then like the loser would get spanked. So he had things like we had to see who could stand on one leg the longest or stuff like that. And I remember I was so (laughs) nervous. I was so nervous that I literally could not stand on one leg for more than, I don't know, maybe five seconds because I was just shaking. (laughs) What was it? (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. If you have more. Oh, and then I was just to say, and then he asked the other woman to tickle me, but he didn't tell me that. Like he whispered in her ear to do something and then she started tickling me, but she was not that great at tickling and I'm not that ticklish. So I couldn't figure out what she was doing. (laughs) I thought she was just like touching me and she was like running her fingers over my back. And I was like, I I was so new. I I, I didn't know how to react. I didn't know what to do. So I started making these like little moans, like it felt good. 
And and finally, she had to whisper in her ear. She was like, "I'm tickling you. You have to laugh." <laughs> it's like, "Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know." That was that it was sounds, a hard session for me. It sounds like <laughs> it um, like like a fucking acting retreat or something like that. Like the yeah, guy, there was a lot of there was a her, lot of acting in this job right. in various ways. Right? Is so. it something that you had a knack for the acting? Do you feel like, or you can only do it when it's genuine to you? No, I could do it. I mean, and it, sometimes the client knew, like we, like we did role plays. So they would ask you to play the part. And some of these guys were really into that. Like some of them, I think probably were actors or that was the part that they got off on was the, some people would come up with just really zany scenes. And it was kind of all about how wacky you could get. Um, and the things that you were saying. Down so that was hag. <laughs> Did like, you have to say I didn't no, know what no, you said? No, that was just acting voice, just doing that. Oh, <laughs> you hag! I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that is. Uh, oh, and then what is the thing that people most get kicked out for? Like, is it biters um, or what's what's the really? I would the say probably thing? trying to take photos. I was, I've known a couple people who got kicked out for like secretly videotaping or taking photos during the session. Okay. Because that was. Oh, that's some very strictly shit. prohibited. Yeah. Um, there were definitely people who would clients who would cross boundaries by, you know, pulling your underwear off and grabbing, grabbing your pussy or whatever, mm -hmm. or just things like that. And I would like to say that they got kicked out, but more often they would kind of get warned and the behavior would kind of get pushed under the rug. And they were tended to be the clients who would see, new new submissives new girls and then after a couple times of seeing them you would get so tired of it that you wouldn't see them anymore but there was always a new girl for them to see so they did not really get kicked out for that um it was just something you kind of had to deal with by figuring out how to deflect it by you know using your safe word or moving away from them or suggesting doing something different or whatever it might be suggesting doing something different i can yeah, think of that like, that's so, like that's like trying to have sex with a girlfriend from like, behind so, and then she okay. goes hey why don't we try it <laughs> like on say, your back? say that you're over some guy's lap and he keeps like kind of like humping you you know where you don't want to be humped uh -huh. and you could say well let's get i you know i'm i'm getting sore being spanked in this position why don't we stand up and go over to the cross and i'll lean against the cross and you can spank me there because you know then he can't pump in the same way so just a lot of like shifting positions yeah <laughs> what yeah happened? like moving around the room and then being like okay <laughs> let's try something new let's try something new. <laughs> let's let's take a nap for five minutes okay well yeah that yeah. could happen too i mean some some of the clients were really into cuddling that's another thing that like i hadn't mentioned yet is that a lot of the men who came here who came to the dungeon might not have even been that into bdsm but it was really more about intimacy and wanting that connection and that intimacy so sometimes they might come in wanting to spank you but if they weren't very good at it or they were doing it wrong and they were going to hurt you you might be able to just say like do you want to just cuddle for a minute and they might be say okay <laughs> that might end up being the session what you is never the, knew <laughs> um would they ever cuddle in their dumb shit like you know like wear a full whatever the cross no. <laughs> things like that and go no, oh, just really no. they would probably just be wearing their underwear at that point <laughs> Would they still be considered doms? I mean, you know, the just, guy, they're, they're I would say the ones who, the, the clients who were the most serious about being dominant probably were the ones who did not take off any clothes at all. And there were quite a few of those. 
Yeah. Well, that. Hey, I get that, man. I'm the dominant <laughs> one. I'm gonna take my fucking shirt off. You get naked. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What? That was uh, exactly it. <laughs> yeah. I'm too. Yeah. What? Uh, what is the most cringe thing that you ever heard when people? You know, a dom trying to talk. You know, or worse oh, thing. Cringe, you know, whatever. I'm a listicle, um, I guess. From the yeah. 90s. Cringe. I'm. Oh, I need to think about this because there's so much. Um, you have some time. Hang on one second. Te- uh, Tevin, yeah. the monitor in here shut off. If you don't mind. I don't know what's happening. Can you still hear me? Oh, or? yeah, 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 I can. It's okay. totally fine. Well, because, uh, I mean, one thing a lot of guys would try to do dirty talk, which was really, they would say things like, you know, um, like, my little slut, show me what a little slut you are and stuff like that. Um <laughs> <laughs> my little um, slut it's a fucking christmas present my yeah. little slut <laughs> um, what else like there was there was one guy who wanted us to feed him grapes that was not fun and the worst part though was that we had to buy the grapes because he would play his sessions ahead of time and send us this long list of requirements for the, the session grapes, and he would say i want I'm in charge I this want week. Grapes. Yeah. yeah. So he would ask us to bring grapes. And he he was like one of the role play guys. So he he had these very elaborate sessions. Like he wanted to pretend it was like ancient Greece and Rome and he was, you know, a Roman emperor or something, which is I guess where the grapes came from. Um, but he liked to do a lot of costume changes. So he would say, you know, I want you to wear a Roman toga and you're gonna be my Roman slave, but I also want you to wear a high heels and garter because he just liked those so he would so, combine combine so it made no sense yeah so and then like, he <laughs> he wasn't really being a, a dom he was just bossy he just yeah, wanted to come he was in and just be bossy, bossy and, a, and probably a theater major Where too. This? He was one Where, of those. yeah exactly he's using you to, to be his his theater troupe basically yeah so and another word like the another of the cringe to go along with the slut things is is the master slaves thing so there were a lot of of like the the grape person the person who wanted to feed you grape he you to feed him grapes he would you know he wanted you to call him master he wanted you to say oh master i'm so turned on by being your slave i'm getting so wet just feeding you grapes and serving you and all this is that how you like say that. it <laughs> what is that how 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 you would say it like is that an exact delivery no. Um, can you do that? I can try. Let, let's see. I would say. I'd like to see oh, how I am. Oh, master. Oh, I wish that we could do so many dirty things right now. Oh, I wish we didn't have these silly rules and that you weren't the king and I wasn't the lowly servant who doesn't deserve your attention. Something like that. <laughs> That's very good. That really, um, hang on, hang on. Let me see if there's any effect. There's movement. Is there ever any appropriation, like problems with racial shit, like, or just the oh, word slave? Oh, yeah, definitely. That's you have a, a black great slave question. come in, you're dumb, um, and, yes. and you don't want to call him that. Yeah, well, well, well wait, he I'm not sure that. how you're asking. Like, like, was there racism at the dungeon? Is that no, what you're no, asking? No, 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 or? He's hiring that. He wants that service. He's a sub. Yes. And then he, you're a white dom. 
the black guy walks in like, all right, let's do it. And then you're like, oh, oh man, I'm no, not comfortable not, calling not him. Not that, not that. I never experienced that, but the opposite was a problem. Definitely um, black women who worked at the dungeon. It was tough for them um, in a lot of ways. And the owner was really sensitive to that and really mm-hmm. tried to help with that. But it was like, there were a lot of clients who would come in and want to do like master slave plantation stuff which was that takes some confidence there were just the idea of calling that place a business and going yeah i didn't see it in your ad but you guys uh, (laughs) dog fucking that would be so (laughs) it's just crazy that those people have the confidence to roll out there with that shit i really got a salute there within the dungeon there was a client who came and he was he was kind of a talker but he, he like he mostly just talked but he had been in the bdsm scene for a really long time and he would tell some really disturbing stories about like i don't know doms and he he made it sound like this had actually happened to him um i don't know if it had or not but like doms who would make their male slaves have sex with animals stuff like that in the so du- he would on. talk about in the dungeon or, or he, so he just talk about that the, he just talked about it, it but he implied talking. that it had happened to him in the past. Wolf tickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's and fucking he would, crazy. Yeah. And actually it's coming back to me now. I think I had kind of blocked this out because I did not session with him a lot, but um, I sessioned with him once and he was, he would just come up with, like we would just sit there um, basically. And like the only thing he did was nipple torture. So we would just sit there and he would like squeeze my nipples. And then if I, once I was a switch, I would squeeze his nipples. We would just talk about things. So I remember he was having a scenario once where he said, imagine you're my slave. And I also have a dog and you two are on the same level. And then one day I realized what should happen with you and the dog <laughs> so we just acted we just talked through this whole scenario of me fucking the dog which is really disturbing and i had not thought about that in years <laughs> what are some details that you said during that do you what? mind do you mind painting you the picture a little bit of what that would go like like i mean because i, mean, I didn't you're like doing it, it out you've never done it before right so you were making yeah. it up on the spot oh like how did that yeah. go I mean, I'm trying to remember because I don't, I don't remember that. Well, I think it was Your just like, walks into the yard. Um, I mean, I didn't talk. I think he just talked. I think he was just like, the dog is bigger than you. What kind of dog is it? I think he asked me what kind of dog. I <laughs> the dog is bigger than <laughs> you. That is a fucking dopest fucking sex Maybe line I've he ever didn't heard. say that. I don't know. But, um. <laughs> I remember only. now that he asked me what kind the of dog I would want to fuck. I think I said a husky. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. it'd be it'd be like hugging a teddy yeah. bear with a boner, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. Can I can I guess mine? Sure. I gotta think about it for a second, but um, hold on. So if I had to have sex with a dog, he he let you yeah. pick the dog you have sex with. Well, I'm what? new to this, so I'd probably say a Chihuahua. <laughs> That's probably a smart answer. Yeah. <laughs> yes, for sure. Um, and then again, though, you can say, no, you know, if you're getting a bad right. feeling before the session starts, you can say, turn down the session. Um, did everything, so did, that would happen. Did anyone ever say something, though, that in a way shook you or stuck with you afterward? Just something, you know, like, <laughs> what? Or um, I'm tr- trying to think. Well, like some, some guys would say mean things about your parents. Um, and you never even knew if Example, it was like if you don't mind true oh or, god yeah what a mind fuck that is yeah 
What's um, an example? I never even knew like whether like that my nose was too big. <laughs> I remember one guy saying that. Um, that and by the way, your nose is too big. Yeah. Um, your dick nose broad. Yeah. And yeah, I'm and looking then, at your like, picture. You never knew it's if fine. they really meant it or if they were just trying to fuck with your head to upset you. Um, you there was one that. guy who was mad that my my butt was too small. And I think because he had seen me once before and I'd lost a little weight and he was like, your, your butt's smaller, your butt's smaller. He was pretty upset about that. Um, do you know, <laughs> this is just a little trivia. We were talking about noses. Um, do you know why nose, like the human nose cannot be longer than 11 inches? Why? Cause then it'd be a foot. <laughs> My five-year-old son told me that joke this morning. I mean, I sexed it up. He just said the 12 inch. God damn. He were a team. Shout out to my son, Doc. God, I don't know, Tevin. I can't, I can't tell if I'm just stoned or am I in God mode? <laughs> you said what? I said, am I stoned or am I in God mode? Uh, you're definitely stoned. Really? Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. What? Oh, yeah. Talking about your doming. That was yes. the thing. Um, you also did some doming, but you had to yes. graduate to that kind of. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody at the dungeon had to start as a submissive unless you'd already trained somewhere else. Um, but a lot of people came in wanting to be dom. So they would start learning how to dom pretty quickly. But I was kind of the opposite. When I came in, I, I thought I would never dom. Like I never wanted to do it. And I did enough. end up staying submissive for three years, which was really unheard of at the time. Like most people became a, became a switch within a year or so. But after being there for three years, um, I didn't have as many clients because a lot of the, the, the clients who saw some misses wanted to kind of switch it up and see, see new girls. They would get bored with you. So I didn't have as many clients and I knew I would get a lot more if I started switching. Cause you can see twice as many people, obviously, if you can see both sides. Um, and also like, even if you are going to continue to do submissive, <laughs> what did she say? You ever do both oh, yeah, for the both same the client? Same. Yes, that's actually that's very, hilarious. very common. No, it's not. I mean, I know we talked about this a lot. Wait, are I you being the dom now or are you this. being submissive? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Like, I think we talked about this before because you said that that didn't make sense to you and it doesn't make sense to me either. We like, just about switching. Like, you just have to be one or the sense. other, right? But no, a lot of people really want to switch. Like, that's what they want to do and they want to come in and do a switch session. So yeah. that happens quite often. But the thing is that if you, even if you're doing a session where you're submissive the whole time, they kind of treat you differently once you become a switch. Like once they know that you know how to do the other side, like they're not going to try to push those boundaries as much. Mm -hmm. And they also, they know, they know that, you know, if they're hitting you in the wrong places and you're going to say something, so they're not going to do that, you know? So you get like a little more respect if you're a switch. So after three years, I was like, I, I need that if I'm going to keep working here. So what hurts more I, getting been, hit in the tits or the pussy? Um, oh, that's a really hard question. It I mean, it, <laughs> it depends how hard, I guess I would say pussy. Really? Yeah. Do you think yes. it feels like balls? Um, I mean, I don't know because I, I don't have them. Probably. Ah, um, sure. <laughs> uh, you know, I hate to assume anything these days, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, I'm in God mode. Let's see the, uh, Okay, yeah, you doming. I'm sorry. There was something that you brought That's up okay. once, and it was a wax type thing. 
Yes. Yes. Oh yeah. That was my, my letter to you. So, so well, wax play was a pretty common request, um, like dripping black wax on somebody. Um, but there was one client who really liked candle wax and he had kind of an impressive talent that he, you could drip candle wax over his entire cock, like cover it. And then you weren't touching him. He was not touching himself. Nothing was going on. And then he could actually orgasm just from that and like orgasm through a little hole in the wax. He's a mentalist. He's a sexual mentalist. (laughs) Mm. So that was, that was kind of amazing. I don't know how he found Um, out he could do that. Well, how he found out that that he did. Like that's what I like. And I'm dead serious. I actually developed a thing called that. I called the cricket where you'd lay Uh on your back and kind of rub your knees together, but you'd get your penis between your thighs and you kind of knead it. I think a lot of, a lot of men at the dungeon also perfected that method. Yes. (laughs) We were, it wasn't technically, you know, they weren't supposed to be nude and they weren't supposed to be doing that. So. But that guy basically did it truly just standing, letting it hang in air. Using his mind, push the sperm from his testicles out of his penis. Yes. That's fantastic. Yeah. Did you ever see him do it? Yeah, yeah. I played with him a lot. Would he, um, how would he react after he achieved it? Like, was he like a Um, weightlifter, like a Russian weightlifter? Like, ah! No, no, he would just act like, you know, it was funny (laughs) because, I mean, they weren't supposed, that was not supposed to happen, but, you know, sometimes it did happen because people and it's biological reaction yeah, but if that did happen if that yes. did happen like after as soon as it had happened and it was over the guy would kind of act like like nothing had happened and like like the session was over and everything was such would just turn more casual suddenly like all of a sudden they would grab their clothes put their clothes on it was like they were on the street passing you on the street it was like the whole hour had not happened Right. So that was something that would have a lot like back to business. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is a question from earlier and it, this is going to go around to everyone. Tevin, how many times a uh, lifetime come in your pants? <laughs> um, I don't, to be honest with you, I don't think I've ever Tevin done it before. Not, not to this audience, dude. <laughs> I don't, I don't think honestly, you I really nothing, don't like nothing that. that stands out is like an embarrassing. No. How many wet dreams? <laughs> that, that's not your pants, but oh, that, I mean, I don't know. It. I guess I don't, Oh, I put you times? on twelve. Like, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Like, right, I don't know how many times. I don't count them. You count your Stephanie. Oh, I have I have come <laughs> in my pants. Um, it was my move for the longest time. Um, I mean, I'm dead serious. Thirty five times. <laughs> Thirty five times. I mean, yeah. And, so, yeah. and that's just doing the cricket. No. Um, and then Stephanie, how many times at yes. your job while you're doing this did you ever get overcome and come while it's going on, or how frequently? Oh, well, I mean, I'm kind of odd in that, like, I can have like kind of small orgasms that, and not really have a like physical, like not band name, like nobody would know that it's happening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I would say that happened like a lot, like probably considering that I worked there six years, probably, I don't know. I want to say like over a hundred times. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I'll have like, I'll have like little like mini orgasms. Do you do mini (laughs) sports? (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't. No. I don't squirt or anything like that. So, like I said, like nobody would know. Do you feel like um, squirters should have to disclose that they're squirters before you have sex? Seven <laughs> to you too. Uh, no, I don't think so. Because really? I think most guys love it and they'd want it to be a surprise. 
<laughs> kind of like getting the uh, squirt uh, from the flower lapel in the eye. Like, oh, <laughs> that was so fun. <laughs> I love that. Thanks for not asking. Um, well, not in the eye, but. <laughs> right. Well, if you're down there, if you, if you eat it like our Okay. Dude, okay. Well, 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 maybe in that situation, they t- should disclose. Thanksgiving dinner. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, did we finish with the wax thing? I, I know I've been all over the place. Yeah. And you have my official um, professional That was, I mean, that apology. was that story. I don't think that I, there were other, there were lots of people who wanted to use wax, but actually I do have another crazy wax thing, which is that um, once I became a dom, so there was one guy who came in and he was not even like, he, he was a masochist, but he was not submissive. He was an example of one of those people who topped from the bottom. Like he was just came in and he said, this is exactly what I want you to do to me. Push and me around. Do it in this order. Push me on yeah. the floor. Yeah, but what yeah. he wanted, and I cannot now. believe, I can't believe that he wanted this. Like, I, I, I don't know how you could, but and he wanted me to drip hot wax in his asshole. <laughs> yeah, I, I just <laughs> did not guess that you'd say that. I, I was trying to think what you were going to say as you're saying it. Wouldn't have guessed it. Not just. I, don't I was know just. Why. I can't imagine. I, I would never. I, I don't. I don't know that I could. I would be so terrified to let somebody do that to me, but that's what this guy wanted. And he took it like a champ. So um, it was well, very yeah. impressive. We did it for a long time. <laughs> What's the most repetitive torture that you ever, ever Oh did? gosh, there's like actually a lot of these sessions get very repetitive because there will be somebody, I think there was as for me receiving it, I would say like nipple torture because there was at least one, maybe more guys who just wanted to like pinch your nipples and you would think, okay, that doesn't hurt that much. But if that's all they're doing for a half hour, Oh boy, does that start to hurt like a, a lot. I probably um, asked you this last week, but are there guys who come in <laughs> just to suck titty? Um, well, you're not, they're not the allowed to, you're not allowed to do that oh, um, because like there's no, supposed to be no exchange of bodily fluids. So no mouth stuff. But my lips um, are just skin too. I'll, I'm dry yeah. my mouth out. <laughs> but there were definitely guys who would just like go in and do it without asking. And then you would have to tell them to stop. But they would just like jump in and bite your nipple. Were there um, ever and there, things like that, though, where you kind of keep that going with the, with the client because, you know, he's going to tip you another 50 bucks? No, um, because usually the like guys, that? no, because usually the guys who did that were like the types of guys who didn't tip anyway, or who tipped a very small amount and it wasn't going to make a difference. Um, right. I'm trying to think like, like that. No, I'm trying to think if there's any time that like I would have bent a rule a little bit. Um, it would have been more like, because I liked the client. So like I had, there was one client who I, who was really sweet and young, um, and what he would do is he would put duct tape over my mouth and then he would kiss me. So we weren't technically breaking the rules. That's like a bad I, I thought, uh, hostage movie. Yeah. In a way, so right? He was really, he was really into like the old detectives, like the yeah. stuff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Maltese Falcon or whatever. Yeah, yep, exactly. Huh. And wow. I'm into that too. So it was a connection. So Ooh, that was fun. I'm a big Humphrey but, Bogart fan. Um, <laughs> did that we was ask fun. just your your just weirdest um like request or regular anything like that <laughs> i don't know about a regular one weird well i was gonna say the one who wanted that the the wax and the asshole that was pretty weird and the other thing that he wanted was we have something called a wartenberg pinwheel do you know happen to know what that is yeah that's my it's main actually, sex move <laughs> the wartenberg pinwheel 
It's um, what's well, actually like a medical tool that was used to test people's reactions, but it's basically just a small, like round pinwheel, but it's like metal spikes and you can roll it over somebody's skin and it doesn't really hurt. Right. It's just kind it's of a, a sensation. funny sensation, but guess what part of his body he wanted that on? Well, I mean, <laughs> penis or sack? Shaft. I'm going to say shaft. Yeah, it was, it was on top of the wax and then that would break up the wax by using that so that we could get in deeper so um, but so <laughs> he'd put his balls in the wax yeah. and then want the wax shattered yeah. off his his sl- yeah yep. give me so out of that, this thing <laughs> that was a weird one another one that was not a regular or anything but that was just kind of funny it was this was around the time of the horrible horrible 2016 elections um there was somebody who wanted to um he was a democrat i think i'm trying to remember if he wanted to be yeah he was pretending to be trump and then he wanted you to pretend Alex to be Baldwin? Hillary Hillary Clinton, oh. and you were gonna like beat him up and show Trump his place, and Hillary Clinton won in this scenario. <laughs> so That's fucking that was, awesome. I know <laughs> that was a good wow. One. <laughs> yes. Um. What? Uh, let's see. I don't know most. Well, how, how about this? What is the thing that that a client would say that would make you roll your eyes? Like like the hack moves, the cliche shit that that you just go, come on, we're not going to fucking be. You're not my daddy again. Or, I don't know. Was there ever something that um, you really. I mean, the daddy one was pretty like common. I mean, I guess if any guy came in and said, I want to do a schoolgirl scene where you're a naughty schoolgirl and oh, I catch not. you and I'm the principal and mad. and I'm going to punish you. I was like, oh, come on. And there was one client who would actually do that exact. He would do the exact same scene and he came every single week and he'd been coming to the dungeon for like literally 20 years and he had it. It, it had to be exactly the same every time. It was always that you were the student and that you got caught smoking and he was a principal. And so you had to come to his office and he was going to search you, strip search you for the cigarette. And he would always, so we had peppermints that we kept in the lobby, like peppermint candy. So he would have you hide peppermints in like your bra and your panties and everywhere. And the the peppermints were supposed to be the cigarettes. So he would search you and find the peppermints and then, and then he would punish you for, for smoking. So literally, I probably did this session probably 200 times. <laughs> you actually just described my exactly, yes. Grandpa Alvin's, uh, probably his dying <laughs> fantasy. That is like, he was, he stormed the beach of Normandy. He's World War II generation. Like, that is the northern white man sexual thing, right? You got candy in there? You got some candy in your bra with your booby? Yep, uh, yep. <laughs> Yeah, where there were people that just made you sick just with their, you know, you know, there's always people like, okay, this is what I think comedy and uh, BDSM are actually mirror counterparts. Because I believe the worst part about stand-up comedy is the cliches about it because of the shitty comics. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that way about BDSM? Like, like, what are the things it gets a bad rap for? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's different now because of Fifty Shades, because I think that's mostly what it gets bad rap for. Um, so yeah. it's probably different before Fifty Shades. But I think, well, actually, I think there's a sense nowadays, and I'm saying this from trying to like sell, try, trying to publish a memoir and now a novel. So I think because of Fifty Shades, there's this idea that 
um, BDSM is actually conservative in a way, which I know is really weird to say, but like, because it was BDSM was like a very rich white man and a very, very heterosexual white man and a very heterosexual, very stereotypically weak, not feminist white girl who end up getting together. And that was like the story of 50 shades. So that's, so I think some people kind of think of BDSM that way, that it's like this weird fairy tale of the rich billionaire guy. Um, So that's one misconception for for sure. sure. I think also, let me cut in really quick on that. Do you ever, because you uh were saying that it's a white male dominated type thing like that. Is there ever a Dom that you've seen? That's like a fat Mexican guy in a Taz t-shirt. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We have, like, we like I mean, of, you know, dressed down, like, like truly, like <laughs> we big had Taz t-shirt of and Zubas. All, we had people of all different ethnicities come to the dungeon. And in fact, and it wasn't about the ethnicity. In, it was about really the clothing and the, like, the, the clothing. Approach. you know, that it's like um, clean, yeah. you know, clean no, coverage no, no. guy. There were definitely, definitely guys in silly t-shirts or whatever and who didn't silly care t-shirts. how they looked at all. Like, like band, so t- old band t-shirt or. Right. Or even like right. a comic book t-shirt. Tabasco. I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, um, I like Taz. That's my favorite one to think of. Um, <laughs> but the other, the other misconception would definitely be oh, yeah. like abuse. The abuse is a big misconception about BDSM. That's a pretty dangerous one because it's not BDSM. Good BDSM is not abuse. Um, but then the other side kind of gets, and I think you guys, you talked about this in the, the episode that you did with the cam girl. Like there's this whole thing where it's like, oh, it has to be so safe, sane and consensual. Like people put such an emphasis on that, which is a good thing. But then there's also like the risk aware kink, which I think is more people who That's are the doing hottest part. It. Yeah. Yeah. Mind. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So like, I think if I, if I'm in the dungeon, yes, you always want to be safe, sane and consensual, but like right. with my, with my boyfriend, um, not my boyfriend now, but with my boyfriend at the time, like, um, I would, it was much more about, about like the risk aware type thing. And that, like, I didn't always want to have a safe word with him. I didn't always, I really wanted to feel like I was not in control. I wanted him to make me do things that I did not want to do. Um, and some people would say, well, that's not good. That's not BDSM. But for me it was, um, but no, so, so there's like a lot of lines there and then, you know, and, and, but anytime it crosses over into downright abuse, then that is not PDSM anymore. So that's, how that's a know? misconception for sure. How do you know what abuse is or how does a Dom know? Like, you know, for instance, I mean, it's tricky that there's, right. and well, one thing they say is that you should never Dom when you're angry. Don't Dom angry. Um, yeah. That's so <laughs> yeah. fucking funny. God damn. That's yes. awesome. Don't Dom angry. <laughs> Rick, I don't think you should go in there. Why? Why? <laughs> huh Um, that's crazy because i mean have you heard incidents about that well i mean i think that like i didn't have the healthiest relationship with my ex-boyfriend and he did dom angry sometimes and it was probably not a good idea um but yeah i mean because if you're if if somebody's angry and you're if you well like because i guess the idea is that when you're dominating somebody like, even if you're punishing them for something, it should be done in a very rational, level-headed way, like not in an emotional way. And if you are strongly emotional when you're doming, it should be a more positive emotion. Like You should be smiling. Like more, you're the dom. <laughs> well, not, I mean, even if not, but even if it's like a passionate, like maybe a passion and like knowing that the sub is enjoying it too on some level. What about crying um, as a sub? 
crying. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that I okay? Mean, yeah. So, uh, I mean, honestly, a lot of guys would love it if you cry. Like right. that was actually, there were, there were a couple of guys who came in who were like, I want a, a sub who can cry. And I mean, some people like, I can't just make myself cry. So like there was this, yeah. And so guy would specifically say, can you make yourself cry? I would have to be like, Nope, I cannot do that. Um, I did cry in session a couple times, but I don't, that's one place where I didn't necessarily want to lose control. So those were usually like bad sessions where I let things go too far. Um, but in general, like it's not, especially if you're playing on your own, like not for work, I think crying as a sub can be amazing, like a really good emotional release. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. Did you use your boyfriend as like your testing ground for your jet essentially then? (laughs) Um, for, you mean when I was a sub or when I was a dom? When you were, I mean, you know, either one, I guess, but I mean, well, I never domed him. I would never have domed him. Like he was super dominant. So no, I did not in that way. Um, I'm trying to think like if I liked something at the dungeon, I would definitely ask him to do it. Um, so in that way, yes. And obviously we could do all this stuff that you're not allowed to do at the dungeon. Right, right. What's an example (laughs) of like, like, I, I mean, does that become a thing as a submissive, your own pain tolerance and like figuring out how far you can go? And I'd imagine part of that is you have to crash yourself into very uncomfortable spots if you really want to yes. get the, the good nut. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely I could go further with my boyfriend because then we would have like usually sex, but if, even if not sex, we'd have aftercare. So you don't always get that at the dungeon. But like just being able to spend the night with him and sleep behind beside him and cuddle and feel safe and all that. And you don't get that in a session at the dungeon. The client just walks out. Like if, if you really need it and you can ask for it from one of the other women there can like hug you for a couple minutes, but it's not going to be the same. Did you know your boyfriend before you started working at the dungeon? No, actually I met, I met him because of the dungeon. Um, he did, he wasn't a client or anything, but he, he was like a dominant and I was talking to another girl who was a submissive and she knew him and I played with him a couple of times and she was like, Oh yeah, I told him about you. And I told him that you work at this dungeon and he wants to meet you. So I met him. And then the funniest thing was that he only lived a couple blocks from the dungeon. Like he'd never been there, but he knew about it. Um, so he lived so close that sometimes I would go to his apartment, like right after work. Um, so it was just felt like kind of like fate. It was weird. Did he still go see other submissives while dating you? Um, well, he, I mean, he did, he, he never went to the dungeon, oh, so he oh, wouldn't okay. like pay or anything, he but no, yeah, he but yes, we were in a, dungeon. we were in like, for a while we weren't even in a relationship. We were just like play partners. So he was seeing lots of other submissives and we were, we are always having threesomes and stuff. And then, um, I, we had kind of like a half open relationship. Like he would see other girls and I did not see other guys. And that sounds like uh, most open relationships I know of. (laughs) Yeah. It was probably not very, actually, I can't, I can't believe that I'm going to tell you this now, but, um, I, I should have put this on my like notes to you. So I have a very weird, we talked about some of my weird fetishes earlier, but in the, in the previous one, but one of my weirdest sessions that I didn't mention before is that I have kind of like the female version of the cuckold. like i get i get turned on by my the guy that i like having sex with other women either in front of me or if i'm not there so 
Yeah. <laughs> that is that so, something you told? Like, did you know that about yourself? I did you not him? know that about myself until I started dating him, and we were having a lot of threesomes, and I figured it out really quickly. <laughs> so, <laughs> what what was his like, reaction when you told? Well, him? I mean, what would I'm, any? I assume that he's. I assume that he's like, oh yeah, I'm into that too. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like, I like who doesn't want to be able to like both have a girlfriend and sleep with any other girl. I think it's like ideal. What was your um, your limit as a submissive? Um, In personal life or in personal? Yeah, yeah, like like the highest you ever. Like, I mean, was there ever something you did this that you scared yourself or? or Oh yeah, I would say lots of times. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think if there was anything at the dungeon. I mean, I was not good at like saying no once something started. Um, Submissive. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of something. I mean, like, like, so, so they, you know, they choke. So, the, okay. When they do the face slap, we talked about this a little bit. Yeah. But I feel like whenever, like, a, there's a video, like, they all slap at the fingers only, kind of, right? Like, right. Eh, like that. Um, well, no, there was a guy that I like really sadistic client and he was actually a really cool client and really fun and everybody loved him. But he, I, at first I let him slap me so many times so hard that he actually bruised my face. So that was pretty yeah. extreme. But yeah. then, um, he I had mean, to like kind of get a talking on? to, cause he was doing things to a lot of, of girls and like, he, he was just a sadist and he was very polite and not sexual at all. Yeah. He was just a sadist. He was just, just a, a nice sadist. sadist. I said I was. <laughs> but, but he was just going too heavy on everybody and bruising everybody a lot. So they kind of had to talk to him like, Hey, you know, this is too much. So, so then he didn't do, he didn't do that anymore. But that was like, when I saw those bruises, I was like, wow, this is, I'm letting this person go too hard. Um, this is too much. Do you so think, that was, Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. No, um, that was it. Yeah. The abusiveness in media. Like, so, what is the, how do you delineate between, so being like, you like, I mean, honestly, I joked about it earlier, but I sort of mean it uh-huh. like, you know, in this day and age, if a Dom's doing a thing with someone, someone does it five times and they go like, I thought I was a submissive, but I hate this. It's so disrespectful. And then to have <laughs> them come back and be like, you know, you manipulated me or you, you know, got me to do these things. Is there fear about that in the community? Would you say? Huh. Um, or like, are people on guard about that? That's an interesting question i mean not that i have encountered um because i think most people know what they like and aren't gonna come back and say you manipulated you manipulated me in that way um i definitely think that people might regret with it i mean there is kind of it's almost in some cases i would say not at not so much at the dungeon but maybe in private play parties or, or with a partner when you, if you're really submissive, like, and you're in a really submissive state, as we discussed earlier, it can be kind of similar to being high. So then there could be the question of, well, did you take advantage of somebody the same way you might if they were drunk? Um, right. So it could be an issue. But I think if it's a partner that you, you know, you know, and trust and have been with them for a long time, then that's probably not going to happen. But it could happen like like at a play, I didn't go to a lot of play parties, but, but for a lot of people get off also on having an audience watching them. So when you add that element in, like maybe they're getting off on the fact that there's an audience and maybe there's a really good Dom who's like beating them or whatever. And then maybe the (laughs) Dom, (laughs) we say, I mean, like whipping them or whatever. 
um, whipping them or whatever. And then, you know, they're getting in that really submissive state. And then maybe the dom's like, Oh, I'm going to take this to the next level. I'm going to take this person's underwear off. I'm going to put a butt plug in them. I'm going to do whatever. And the person is just in this totally submissive state and they've forgotten that there's people watching and they just do it. And then the next day they might think, you know, like, I wish I hadn't done that. Um, so it, it is, that is like an iffy situation. And I guess you have to know that about yourself. If you're that submissive, you have to know that that might happen. If you're going to, you have to make a decision beforehand or you have to talk, yeah. talk to, to the, but if you're like a brand new submissive and there was no talk beforehand and a dom does that, I would say that's probably pretty irresponsible of the dom, but yeah, it's hard. It's but hard to so say hard without to knowing all the, all the, right. um, the situation. I, I mean, to me, uh, you know, I guess when I think of it is the way that I took drugs, the way, you know, the way you do everything, it's like, you're just, you're escalating your tolerance, right? You're just constantly yep. like seeing how far you can push it. So yes. to me, it's completely like, you know, really in a way, you know, obviously it's each person's boundary is their boundary. Right. But, you know, I guess what I would wonder is if, is there issues with that? Because I can see people from other generations going, you know, where you go, he goes, get over there, you dummy, or what, you know, talking, I don't know, just in those ways where you go like, no, that's not the trend now to be that, that harsh, you know, can you yeah. swear now? Like, you know, call you, you stupid bitch. God damn it. Get down yeah, the fucking I mean, floor. Well, bitch. definitely. Yeah. Um, and I can think probably it's like, we've had just this past year, I would say there's so much, um, like re-exploring of gender and the way we talk about gender, um, and there's always been a tradition in BDSM of, of like humiliating someone in kind of a gender way, like calling a guy, a, calling a man like a sissy boy or mm -hmm. a slut or, and I can see how that might be getting Sissy's a little it, more. Right? Yeah. Like these words are not are questioning these words. Yeah. So I can see how that um, might be getting yeah. to the point of where it's going to feel like something maybe we shouldn't do anymore. The same way we, we right. talk about like cer certain jokes that we used to make, like maybe we shouldn't do that, that make these types of jokes anymore, like jokes about rape or, or right. what have you, whatever they are. Um, but another thing about BDSM though, is it's always been about like taking the things that are considered wrong or weird or transgressive and then like making them sexualized and making them desirable. So there's still that element of it. So I, I can't see it dying out completely. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I just think, Hey, PC shit came into comedy and did a number. I say, you guys are next. <laughs> what? Um... God damn it. God damn it. Gabe. God damn <laughs> CBD. Delta eight from super America. Um, I've been permatripped. Let's see here. There was so, I was so on to something. Did you ever fall in love at the dungeon with a client? Um, yeah. Or, or, or have something where you not, go like, I got to get away from this dude or woman because there was one who was just like really dominant and really hot. And I was like, Oh, I wish he comes back. And I think he maybe came twice and then he never came back. So there was that kind of thing, but I, love, I don't, I love he, he, he did. <laughs> you know, it'd be like for a promo thing. They should have a sign on the, on the, um, dungeon. That says, uh, uh -huh. if you were a client here, you would have already came by now. You, know, you can see by the freeway. <laughs> I wrote that one about halfway through the show. Um, <laughs> let's see. I got one. What is the yes. biggest slash or most unique body part you ever saw? 
<laughs> like everyone, you know, anyone ever take mean? off? Well, a shirt there was one. And you see there a was one client as big who as a pancake or there whatever. was one client who like didn't have a belly button. I don't know what had happened, but he, he didn't have a belly button. <laughs> I mean, that's really. <laughs> That's why I ask questions like that. Okay. I mean, that really makes me feel good. What did you, did you say anything? Did you say, Oh, are you from an, another galaxy? No, <laughs> no. How did but, you, I mean, were you we born did, from a human? <laughs> we did comment because he, he would do doubles. So he would, or even triples sometimes. Oh, like he would do I love your lack multiple, of belly button. Multiple girls. So we would all see him. So we would comment afterwards. Like he didn't have a belly button, right? <laughs> did he have a nickname? I mean, that must've taken you five appointments. No, he to, didn't like, have determine. it. That one, he he didn't have any well i'm trying to think if he had a nickname well i think we just called him where he was from which was not very interesting like sometimes because we, we had a lot of people around of town so we would call them like like texas john or yeah. like nevada george or whatever but so no it didn't have to do with his belly <laughs> what was the best client nickname you ever heard um well, the guy that I was Fuck talking about last time, oh, are, are we, are we totally out of time? <laughs> no, 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 no. no um, the guy that I was talking about last time, the one who did like the disturbing daddy daughter role play. Yep. So he, we called him daddy daughter, Jeff, which is a pretty silly name to give somebody daddy daughter, Jeff. I mean, there's, so there's, was, there's another tombstone, Tevin. <laughs> we got a daddy daughter, Jeff, my fucking God. Yeah. Oh, this is what, this is a question I've been waiting to ask actually. So how, okay. how many years out of this are you? Um, well, so that has to do with like the end of the writing story too. So I actually had to leave the dungeon because of the Huffington Post article. I was naively hoping, and I did not, I did not use the real name of the dungeon. So technically it should have been kind of okay, but I was naively hoping that nobody would see it like, cause they published so much content. I was like, whoa, I can just publish this article and it will help me get a literary agent or whatever, yeah. but nobody will really see it. But of course boss saw it and she got really bad. So that happened in October of 2019. Um, and of course, nobody knew what was coming. And if I had known what was coming, maybe I wouldn't have even published the article. So, so I had to leave the dungeon then. Um, but I still had a couple clients like who I had gotten their information, who I saw privately, um, like all the way up till the pandemic started. And then I just, when the, it started, I panicked and moved back to Baltimore where I'm from because yeah. I was just, nobody knew what was going on. And like, like being in a, apartment building in los angeles just didn't seem like yeah. a good idea yeah um are you available so, for hire as a sub now like i mean if someone wanted to do that are you um, open to that yeah how yes. would they get a hold of you um, see it's hard for you to say no twitter am i being d coercive um private say message it. on twitter okay My, Pam i think twitter. the twitter is it's sc underscore p-a-r-e-n-t thank you so at twitter it's at sc underscore parent p, p yeah. yeah parent and then but it would have to be like somebody local probably right um, do you want to say what area you're in or not um i think i already said it so it's too late to not, did i said i said anyway baltimore okay baltimore, yeah she's Maryland. in baltimore yeah <laughs> if you're horny and you're in baltimore and you'd like uh, yeah. <laughs> an experience submissive please just pay yep. her i say 200 bucks but per i will half hour. yeah and switching too but um like light switching like I don't have any toys, so I'm, I can't like, I'm not going to cane somebody, but I can, yeah. I could spank somebody. I, I cannot um, get to this question to save my life, but I, I can't even <laughs> ask it. So I guess, did we say how many years out then? From it? Oh, so that was, so that my last day at the dungeon was October, I think it was October 4th, 2019. Okay. And then I was doing 
some small amount of stuff on the side up until March, 2020. So, so two years. So how has your, like when you look back at when you were at the height of your subbing or whatever, you know, just when behavior got the most extreme, has that all died down because you're removed from that? So the interesting thing is now I look back at it more fondly because like right when, when I was still at the dungeon at the end there, I was burnt out and bitter about a lot of things. Um, So when I was writing about it, I was writing about it somewhat more negatively, like in the Huffington Post piece, although they also took out all the positive things I said. But in general, I was had more of kind of a negative outlook. And then since having so much time away from it, and then, of course, the first year of the pandemic, everybody was so isolated and missing human contact. So now I I look back at it more fondly, you know, and miss it and wish I could go back. But actually, um, uh, coming, talk about coming full circle, the dungeon closed on December 4th of this year for good. Cause they never, um, fully reopened after COVID. Like they were only open for private appointments and it just wasn't really working. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just decided it was time. So that's the end of an era. So I yeah. couldn't go back even, even if the boss would let me, um, <laughs> So Which she sometimes did, she would fire people and then let them come back later. So it could have been, right, a right, right. But, um, but yeah, so I look back at it more fondly, but I also, um, I don't think I'll ever have quite the same extreme, some of the more extreme things that I was into or fantasies. I had those kind of like something you have to get out of your system almost. And I don't think it would ever quite get to that level again. Okay. What? So, so as you look at it now, you've been through it. If you had a child, and they you uh-huh. know, went to that. I guess I'm sure we talked about this last week, but just answer it again. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, honestly, this is one of many reasons that I kind of don't want to have a child because I'm like, how would I deal with that? Because I feel like if I did have a child and if they were any, uh, we're assuming a female child, I'm thinking if they were anything like me, they would probably grow up to want to do something like this. Um, not maybe not dungeon, but like some kind of like all out of the norm you know, socially unacceptable work. Cause like I always what? wanted to do, even before I knew about it, I always wanted to do things. So like, I feel like they would grow up to want to do something like that. And then I feel like to, to just say, no, you shouldn't do that. Just get your straight and narrow job and don't even try doing anything else. It's just gonna, this person is always going to have this feeling that they lost this part of themselves or that they never express this part of themselves so that yeah. they should try it. And uh, in theory, that's all nice and good. But if it's your child, <laughs> you're going to feel differently. Yeah. Um, so it would be hard to like think what's best for my child as my child versus as a person. And could I stop them from doing this anyway? So all of that is such would be such a hard issue that I one of many reasons I'm like, I don't think I'm ever going to have a child anyway. Cause I don't know that I would be able to deal with that, but, um, you can do it. If I can do it, <laughs> you can do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, if there are even thinking like a friend, like, you know, I, if, if a friend were to do this, I would just be like, I hope you have better boundaries at the beginning than I did. Cause I wouldn't want people to go through all the stuff that I did, but at the same time, I'm happy I went through it Yeah, and it could have been, a, it could have been a lot worse. Um, like I, mean, I was lucky not- to be in a dungeon where I had people protecting me. Um, so, so everything so. you're saying, I can correlate to, to drug use, right? Yeah. That, that it's like, yeah. you don't want your kid to take drugs. If he does, if he does it the right way. I don't really mind at all. Right. But it's so scary right. that they give in to the bad, you know, as you say, surrounded yeah. by the wrong people, all that kind of stuff. So would you equate it to like, look, it is a vice. It's not something, you know, would you recommend every person to try, um, BDSM? I would say. 
there it, it, that's again going between like the safe same consensual versus like the risk aware as we were talking about earlier i would say that for people who just want to try it for fun or they just have like a couple of fetishes that don't really that they don't really have deep feelings of shame about or, or any kind of is that it's not like a huge emotional thing for them. I think, yeah, anybody could try it. It's not going to hurt you. It's, it's fun. It's fine. Um, but if, if it is something that like you've had fantasies about since you were little and it's deeply tied up within your identity and if you feel any kind of shame over it, it's probably going to have more of a psychological impact on you. So you do have to be careful about the way that you approach it. Um, how do you avoid it, that? You know, I mean, how do you avoid getting, I suppose, just having peers in the group? Or in the scene, kind of? Yeah. I mean, well, and for people who are more, like, not, like, people who are doing it more publicly, going to a lot of play parties or things like that, they'll actually have um, kind of BDSM families, like family in quotation marks, um, where, you know, there might be a dom who's really experienced and then he'll have a bunch of people who he calls, like, his sisters and his brothers or whatever. And then the, the newer ones or the old, the ones who have been around longer were kind of watch out for the younger, newer ones at a party, you know? So, and you would probably be familiar with this person and know their limits. So if you see at a party that this person, you're like, okay, I know this person wants to be flogged or king, but Oh, look now that that person is like, looks like they're about to fuck them on the stage in front of everybody. And I don't think that person wants that. Then they would intervene and stop the scene. So that kind of thing. So, yeah. so you do have to let, you would have to get, get your, kind of support group um going and then your community in yeah and then also you would probably just have to become very aware of your limits and very good at stating them ahead of time and then that's tricky too because yeah, sometimes do you, you don't know limit? sometimes yeah you, sometimes you don't through. know something is it right you don't know it's a limit until it's been crossed and you didn't like it um, Kevin has six fish so, hooks in his penis right now <laughs> but and so i mean what it comes down to though is that as much as we like to think that we can protect ourselves from unhealthy experiences sometimes we can't sometimes that's just what it is being human and sometimes you kind of have to do that um it's part of being human i mean we're all we all have and i wouldn't even say that it makes it a vice it's just it's just part of being human like it's you know we hurt ourselves as much as we take care of ourselves like I don't, I don't think vice should be such a, um, such a stigma word, by the way. Like, yeah, you, you yeah. know, because truly when I say it, it's like, yeah, you do some shit cause it is naughty. Cause it is a little yeah. bad, you know, yeah. like that's not bad, you know, fucking yeah, boring yeah. if you don't. It's just, it's human nature. Yeah. What, um, what is the highest pain tolerance or pain threshold on a penis <laughs> you've ever seen? For, for a client who, well, I would say like the guy who had the, the, the um, wax in his asshole that was pretty extreme oh really you think that um, was the highest i think the, i mean uh, i don't know it's hard, it's hard for me to, yeah see since i don't have nutter, not since i don't nutter have butters. balls for a cock yeah <laughs> i don't know how much more that like because there were a lot of guys who like to be like kicked really hard in the balls or trampled really hard in the balls and but i just i don't know how much that hurts because i don't man that, so, so i, mean, I don't, don't know feel good. um that is like really um, there are also also guys who like to have like really heavy weights attached to their balls I, and kind of walk around like I that. So I imagine that would be a pretty extreme one. What um, about the fish hook guys? Is that common? In, like, that, like, you yeah. I mean, we would definitely not do that at the dungeon. Mm -hmm. um, 
like we wouldn't do anything that that broke flesh like that um that is one that i, I would too. never try in my life like i can barely even look at it just I, because that's I, how I feel. the needle stuff freaks me out i've actually heard that it doesn't hurt though like um because you get really high really quickly and that it actually feels good it's like kind of a euphoria it is um, so interesting I, I mean you know i love that you say that 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 you are looking back at it fondly because i see too many <laughs> things that we all do as young people, right? That that in that moment, you couldn't, you know, when I was a heroin addict, you couldn't tell me like, hey man, you're not doing well. I'd be like, well, I fucking love my life. And you know, <laughs> you had, like now I look back at it and it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. But, you know, so I'm glad to see that you're not seeing it that way as well. You know, because yeah. I, that would, that would that's a worry of mine with the sex community stuff. When I, when, when we yeah. get swinger stuff, it always feels a little bit coercive or like it 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 has the potential to not be good. But then I also saw some of the yeah. best couples I ever saw too. I so. think in some ways I'm kind of like, I don't know if there's a word for this for somebody who just is glad that they experienced things. Like I, I want to use the word like sensationalist, but I don't think that's right. Like somebody who is glad they experienced things, whether they were good or bad. Um, yeah. Now when I'm really sad and lonely late at night and I'm crying and you ask me the same question, I might be like, I wish that had never happened, but. But, you yeah. know, I guess it, it's like the cliche of like, it's better to have loved and lost than to have not loved. like, like, I think that it's better to have experienced things. And then it no certainly doubt. gives me stuff to write about. Um, yeah. Um, what's your, uh, like, what, what turns you on today? I mean, like, I'm still you know, pretty sub in your head. Yeah. I'm still pretty, pretty submissive. Um, the difference these days being that I am more careful about who I do it with and more careful to establish boundaries right away. And, um, I'm turned, I can be turned on by fantasy of being like a 24 seven submission submissive to somebody and just having that total power exchange, but I wouldn't want to do it in real life, but I could definitely be turned on by the fantasy of it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's like anything specific that I can, um, I can, I like, I still get turned on, by the idea of somebody who's like so dominant that they can make you like something that you don't like. Like it's almost yeah. like training, training somebody to get turned on by something that they, they didn't like. Um, yes. That, I don't know why that really turns me on. Well, it is. Um, I mean, that's, I think that's, you know, I understand what you're saying is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, like when I first, first met my boyfriend, I was more like, I had always had fantasies about like, like being with a group of guys, like I had wanted to have like threesomes with threesome with two guys or something like that. And my boyfriend was just like, no, I'm not into that. No other guys, absolutely no other guys, but I really want to have threesomes or foursomes or whatever with other girls. And he like kind of, he trained me to think the same way. So now I like never have not fantasies about multiple guys. Like I only have fantasies about like multiple girls and one guy. And it was all because my, my ex-boyfriend like wanted it that way. And he made me want it that way too. Is that the hottest thing that you ever did? Um, I think probably some of my hottest experiences were were threesomes that we had, um, because it it can be really powerful to be dominated by two people Mm -hmm. because then you also get in there the whole, like, I think a lot of submissives have a bit of a, like a humiliation fetish or an ex. Yeah. exhibitionist fetish where they want somebody to see them being submissive so you get that part of it too when there's multiple people and you just you just you're getting dumped twice as much and it's just like really powerful 
Um, and like in that I've had like, you know, being double penetrated and stuff like that. Um, that was pretty hot. So probably that by DP, you got my, yeah, DP, (laughs) uh, were you, were you, uh, vagina and asshole or two in vagina? Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful. The first. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, wh- so obviously that was a personal one. Yeah. Is that, that was personal. So, cause I asked you the most extreme thing and I don't think, uh, you said that. At the dungeon? No. The I, most no. Extreme thing oh, the- you just talked dungeon. Then we didn't get back to personal. So yeah. Oh. What is the most extreme thing you've done in a personal setting? Well, that was probably that, the, the double penetration. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm not asking for more. I'm just making sure. Is there uh because oh there was one thing you mentioned. Actually, a lot about maybe spitting. not actually I can think let me I know we're getting really long, so we can't go into too yeah, yeah. but um when I first started working at the dungeon, I went to a party, like an eyes wide shut type party, um, with a Dom and she had me get up on a table on all fours and like there were a lot of people there. Most people were wearing masks. Um and she started like finger fucking me. And then she had a bunch of people come over and like spit on my butt and my pussy. So that was maybe the most extreme thing I've ever done. Now, why would I like that? <laughs> <laughs> so you were on your hands and knees? I hate to yeah. ask more details. Yeah. Okay. So yes. lady standing behind you, finger fucking you, probably two fingers. Yeah. And then um, the person was spitting in your butt. Okay. So uh, she was just like asking other people to come over and spit on me. And like just other people who were at the party. How many people did you say spit on you? On well, I would guess probably at least 10. It's a lot of spit. And was yeah. there, yeah, I guess, you know, were, how often was it that you'd feel, you know, to me, it, it is complicated because I un- totally understand that pushing yourself and pushing as far as you can and through would be the biggest fantasy, right? But there also must right. be moments where you go, I'm on my hands and knees in a fucking commercial building getting people <laughs> it spitting wasn't a on commercial my ass building. Well, it, it was it, yeah. it, this was a party so it was it was like somebody's house somebody's okay. apartment i just think it was it a condo. An industrial yeah. <laughs> yeah um would you say that most of those parties were rich people or well i didn't go i didn't end up going to a lot of parties um but yeah this was like a really private wealthy eyes white shite that was supposed to be like a, it was supposed to be like a real life eyes white shut type thing so i think you had to buy tickets and they were really expensive. I think somebody had bought a couple tickets for this Tom. Is the um, vibe like friends. actually positive around that or does it feel deliberately stayed? <laughs> this was and- kind of, I mean, it, this was not, I think this was something that they were trying to do to make money. And it was, it felt forced to be honest. Most of the people who were doing stuff were paid performers. Right. Um, yeah. What, uh, yeah. So I guess, is there anything that you think we're missing? Like any story that you have that, that I should have asked you about? No. I um, feel like we covered it. How about your writing? Let's, let's, let's kind of double back to that where people can yeah. see it and all that. Cause it is so really good. I, I, I really enjoy writing on, it. Go on Twitter because I have all the links on Twitter. So I have like the link to my website on Twitter and the link to my Patreon. And we're going to put then, it on screen and we'll have it linked um, in the comments of the show or in the description. Yeah. So, yeah. And also my Twitter comes up right away if you Google me. So it's if you can't remember anything, that's um, always the easy, easiest way. Um, and then if you know, if you have a question for me, you can DM me. Um, I'll, I'm not always great about checking the request from people who don't follow me, but I'll try to do it more after this since I know people might do it. But if you're 
being a big creep about it. I can't promise I'm going to answer. Yeah. <laughs> so try not to be a big creep if you're going to do it. But I love to hear from people. Um, so please DM yeah, me and, and let me know what you want, what you want to see or what your questions are. Um, should they yeah. default treat you as a sub? If they come to your Patreon and DM you and stuff, or should no, they? No, no, just I would say no. I'm not. A, I'm not that. a sub as a writer. Like it's separate. Um, oh, okay. And yeah, if you if you want to try to like if you want to set up a session, that's different. But but when I yeah. my writer persona, my Twitter persona is just me as a writer. It's not me as a sub. It's me as a writer. And in fact, sometimes I don't really treat much about the dungeon at all because I write other stuff too. Yeah. Um, especially being in you know the COVID and and quarantine for a while in there i was writing a lot of stuff just to deal um yeah so i saw I, I wrote a lot of poetry um i wrote an entire book of poetry i don't know how good it is but i did write one and now i'm writing a bunch of horror short stories um just i write all kinds of stuff so. yeah um her her patreon was just on but it's patreon.com slash stephanie with an ie and then p no underscore no whatever just stephanie p so please support her because it supports us. And uh, we yes. really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, it's so fun to be able to just do firing line of uh, perverted questions. I'm so gratified. Uh, yeah, so thank it's fun you. to talk about it too. Yeah. And you seem to miss it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much. Thank you everybody for listening to the show. Uh, thanks for all the support. Uh, we're back. So yeah, you can get this podcast anywhere you get podcasts and check us out on Facebook and YouTube if you want to see the video of this. And we'll share kind of some of uh, Stephanie's stuff and support her Patreon. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. That was our episode. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to my guest, Stephanie Parent, one more time. Um, if this episode made you horny and you'd like to explore the BDSM community, um, we support you in your perversion. And uh, yeah, go check out. FetLife. If you're curious, you don't know anything about it, check out FetLife.com for, it's like an online community or, you know, not that I know shit about this really, it's just stuff that I've gleaned. But otherwise, most major cities have a sex shop that have leather in the window and that's a good starting place. In Minneapolis, I know we have a place called Bondesk that's like uh, extremely respected and popular. And I, I know online I looked and they have like BDSM 101 workshops and stuff. So they'll kind of get you um, integrated into this community in a healthy way. So if you're interested, otherwise, uh, please send us pictures of you in the outfit. You get